This is The New Digital Customer, a podcast that brings you insightful and inspiring conversations with customer-focused leaders who are transforming and innovating customer experience. And now your hosts, the CEO of Brightloom, Adam Brotman, and Chief Product Officer, Ben Straley. Hey, everybody, this is Ben. And this is Adam. Hey, uh, hey, Adam! I'm uh, I'm really excited about uh, this episode. Um, as a continuation of the conversation we had uh, in the previous episode, where we talked a lot about um, what the opportunities are for uh, for brands, consumer brands, uh, with their data, um, and we also talked about the kinds of data uh, that brands typically are using the ones that are using it, um, the kinds of data that they are using, uh, to unlock value in that conversation. The last episode was really about sort of what can be done with data and why you should do it or why you should consider working with it in those ways. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about how, uh, brands can really take advantage of, of this data and, uh, do the sorts of things that, um, uh, are so exciting that we're seeing in the industry today. And just as a as a reminder, um, the five types of of uh, opportunities that um, we identified last week for brands to unlock value in in the data that they're sitting on, um, one was around acquisition, uh, customer acquisition. So really using data to understand where there are opportunities to find more customers um, through digital, primarily. Uh, two was around using data to um, understand uh, and then uh, reward customers for loyalty, reducing customer churn, increasing engagement uh, among your, your, your customer base. Lots to talk about there. Um, number three was around operations. So using, using data to remove friction from operations, to make operations more efficient, um, uh, more effective. Fourth was uh, using data to, uh, to, to better plan uh, for the future for business planning. So forecasting is a great example of um, uh, uh, uses of data that fall into that category. And then fifth and finally um, is uh, using data to generate customer insights. So using data un to understand really how your, how your customers are uh, behaving, what their tastes and preferences uh, might be, and the application of that data and those insights is in areas like R and D. You know, new product development is an example of that. Um, so last week we talked uh, a lot about this. Um, we talked about these five different types of data, and this week we're going to talk about you know what do you need to do as a brand to actually leverage data uh, for one of these five uh, five purposes. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. As we dig, dig into this topic, it's interesting to start at, at a very high level around one of the questions that we get asked all the time uh, is, you know, why is it so hard? Uh, it's, I think it's, I think it's almost, it's a weird question. It's weird in the sense of it's, it, it's like you basically have, you know, you have all this data and you know, it's hard. Uh, to get after it, but it's almost like you don't even know where to start sometimes. And I think it's amazing how many brands we talk to, big brands, not just yeah. medium-sized brands, that just, they don't even know where to start. And I think part of it is they don't have teams of people. Um, yeah. So maybe, I thought maybe what we could talk about is for a second, just to say, all right, you've got your, you know, let, let's, let's pick one of these buckets, for example. Let's, yep. 
let's let's do um uh let's do acquisition not this you know we're in the business of retention engagement but let's pick acquisition yeah. so it's not so self-serving so here's an example of where your brand you want to use the data that you have on your current customers to help you acquire new customers uh, and drive your business so you know well i'll stop let me stop you right there adam yeah, because yeah. um what you just said i think is maybe something that is well understood to uh people uh and and um businesses that have worked a long time and you know the digital realm and and are used to how um uh advertising and acquisition programs can work digitally but um just kind of explain very very briefly when you say you know you can use existing data to then understand um uh, your customers and then use that data to go and find other customers. Let's talk a little bit about kind of how that works and, yeah. and, um, and why that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. You know, that, that is actually a, um, it's a good point that, you know, it's not even totally intuitive. Like, yeah. why does the data I have in my current customers have anything to do with what I would, how I would go about finding new customers or acquiring new customers? Because it's true. If you, if you're going to go acquire new customers, you're going to do advertising. Okay, marketing, but you know, generally speaking, I, I almost call it advertising because yep. uh, I think of uh, advertising as something where you're truly in the realm of trying to go get you know your name out there and acquire new customers, and so you're usually paying uh, some publisher, uh, a billboard, a radio station, a television, a, a digital publisher, some publisher to advertise your brand hoping that you're going to reach customers that are not your own. And when you do that, you don't have to. So the interesting thing is you don't have to be data driven about it. You, in That's fact, right. most people, frankly, aren't um, many times. And so what you could do is you could just go talk to some publisher or some agency that works with publishers and say, you know, here's who I am. And this is the kind of ideal customer that I'm trying to reach. And that publisher will use their own data that, or their own understanding of where they can hopefully, you know, place you in a way where you're going to, you're going to, you know, reach this customer. Uh, yeah. If, you know, does that make sense? But, yeah. but if you want so but to get to the question, if you want to actually be a little bit more targeted about it, mm -hmm. you can, you, first of all, you can go to a digital publisher typically and say, and so I'm, and by the way, it's most of the time going to be Facebook, Instagram, or Google, but it doesn't have to be them. Amazon. Amazon or, or one of the networks that Google or these folks have. And you can yep. say, yeah, you could go to, go to one of those companies and say, um, I same, same conversation you just had with the billboard television radio or anybody that's not data driven. You can go to them and say, listen, I want to, this is the kind of company I want to reach. And they'll, you know, they'll be able to help you find you know, be targeted about it. If you want to use date, if you want to be even more specific though, instead of just describing your customer to them, you could actually start to introduce data on of, of your own customers and what your customers are doing to, so that it's not just a general matching of here's who I think my customers are and what would work. You could actually say, no, this is the actual data on who my customers are. And here's the actual data on how they're engaging with me. And then those 
those publishers can take that data and match it with their own data and, and basically create a very, very targeted program for you. And so that's, so that's, that's how it would work. But, you know, the kinds of, you start to say, well, who, let's give it a specific example. Okay. It, it would be good to know who's browsing my website um, and who has uh, bought from me, for example. Those are two kind of very common pieces of data that you might feel like you've got that you'd want to give to a, a digital publisher to advertise. Um, the people that are browsing your website are not identifying themselves. People that buy from you are identifying themselves. So there's right there, there's two different types of data that, that maybe you can link together. Maybe you can't link together. It'd be nice if you could link them together um, so that you could give a, a full picture to a Facebook or a Amazon or a or Google about who who your customer is so they can help be even more specific and data-driven about how, how they're going to help you acquire new customers. So that's I think that's an example of how you use data that you have to help you do a better job of acquisition. But what I just described is not easy, right, Ben? Like that is... That's right. Uh, that, it, you know, you don't just go... You know, there's no magic program as a business that says, show me all of my customers, um, who are my best customers, who's, by the way, who are my anonymous customers that are browsing with me and how do they relate to my other customers? Like th that doesn't just happen. You need, you usually need, you know, data engineers and analysts mm -hmm. and software tools to help you do all that. And that's, that's why it's so hard. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, that, that's a big part of it is, um, just to, to repeat what, um, uh, you just described that you know uh, these these brands are sitting on on data that can enable them to get a really razor sharp understanding of the the attributes of the customers that that are their best best customers or and or are the customers that they want to go out and um, find more of and use that data and use the the sort of the the very um, uh, refined understanding of who those customers are to then go to a Google or Facebook or, or Amazon, um, to, uh, to, to build an advertising program. That's that, that opportunity to use data to, to find your target customers, um, is, is enormous, uh, in digital. Um, the other part of it, the other, the other half of the, of the acquisition, um, uh, opportunity is driven by data that's going to tell you what a customer that you do successfully find uh, through digital channels uh, is likely to, to be worth to your business. Um, and you've got a lot of data. Typically, brands have a lot of data to understand that as well, because the way that you know advertising works typically online these days through digital channels is um, it's a marketplace where the advertisers are, are bidding um, for, for placement. Uh, and so they're trying to figure out who their, who their target is and they're using their data to do that. And then they're also trying to figure out how much they can spend, uh, or how much they can bid to generate, uh, generate the traffic, uh, among their target customer base, the data that they have today that they're sitting on, uh, that's generated by these, these digital businesses, digital transactions, like you described, helps them or can help them uh, solve for both of those things, the targeting and the um, 
the cost of acquisition, what it's going to take to actually advertise and, and do so um, uh, effectively. Yeah, that's that's a great point. We uh, I saw that firsthand when we were at J. Crew. Uh, the Madewell team uh, did an incredible job uh, of they were really sophisticated about what you just said. They they really they were they are and were kind of an emerging hot brand. They got they really were sophisticated about under using data to understand what a a new customer or. A, any customer was worth to them. That's right. From a, from a lifetime value, so they would use data for that. You're right, and they would, they would sort of be able to predict that and model that. But it was a data driven exercise. But once they felt conviction on, look, a, a new customer. I'm making. I don't remember the numbers, but let's just pretend. Hey, I I'm using data to determine that, in you know, the lifetime value of a customer typically will be, you know, uh, you know. X dollars. So therefore it's worth, I, I can do the math to say it's worth Y dollars to acquire a new customer. I'm, I'm going to be ahead of the game. I'm going to invest Y dollars to acquire a new customer because I know that they're worth X to me um, in, in the long run. And then they go and then to your point, then they use a whole other set of data, not just made well, but just, I'm talking about, this is just sophisticated companies in this area to your point, Ben, they'll, They'll then say, all right, now I need to figure out if I can invest, I'm making this up, you know, $20 to acquire a new customer. That makes sense to me. Now I need to make sure I'm spending that $20 in the smartest way possible. So when exactly. I go ask the publisher to go spend my $20 to go advertise, uh, I need to make sure that I'm I'm at least getting one customer for every $20 I spend, maybe better than that, because that's then right. I, then I, so that's, that's an, you're right, Ben. That's a great point of thinking about like, you need, you, there's data to figure out what a customer's worth to me. That's going to help me figure out how to optimize my advertising spend. And then I'm going to use a whole other set of data to make sure I'm properly optimizing my, my advertising spend. So it's a, it's a pretty big data exercise. I mean, what I, you know, Ben, maybe it's worth us talking a little bit about like, this is what's going to be exciting about this year is we're going to get into talking to guests that are involved in helping brands do these things. That that's we're talking right. About. I mean, we, remember just to, for our audience, just, you know, we're, we're picking one area acquisition out of the five. Yep. That one area we've already identified is actually two different data driven exercises using your data that you have that we talked about in the last episode, one to figure out the lifetime value of your customers, another to figure out how to convert, how to, you know, how to make sure that you're using that information to go find the right customers. Um, so that's, you know, typically you're talking about, um, Pro probably if you're going to try and do this yourself, you would have to hire who, Ben? Like, let's, let's go through this. Let's pretend for a minute you're going to try and go through this exercise yourself. You're going to try and analyze your data. What do you need? Who do you need? You probably, do you need a data engineer? Do you need a data scientist? I mean, what, what are some of the, and just an analyst? Like, what are the kinds of people that you would imagine if you were to try to do it yourself that you would need? You know, it's, inter it's interesting, Adam, because I, I think it's, um, there are there are two two basic approaches that I have seen and uh, and and both can work or and maybe there's a third which is sort of a hybrid. One is um, just essentially trial and error. Uh, so uh, finding an agency, typically like a, a performance marketing agency, a digital agency, who can um, take a, a reasonable budget and and start running a series of experiments and tests. Uh, looking at the results and then using the data that comes back from the results to um, 
to refine the targeting and to dial in the the cost per acquisition. That's that's one approach, which is sort of the the test and learn approach. Um, the other approach is is more along the lines of what we've been talking about, which is really starting with uh, an analysis and an understanding of who your existing customers are, how they segment out in terms of behavior and and lifetime value and the other things we've talked about, uh, and then from there. Um, start to build out a, a marketing and an advertising uh, plan based on who you want to reach and, and how much you can afford to spend to reach those customers. In order to do that today, uh, you'll, you need analysts. You need people that are really good um, uh, with uh, using data to uh, ask and answer sometimes very complex questions, sometimes um, uh, very complex questions in situations that are highly ambiguous. So uh, analysts that are good uh, working with data, uh, using data to uh, answer tough questions, that's one group. Uh, another uh, group of, of folks would be data engineers, as you described, and you and I were talking the other day about, you know, one leader's uh, software engineer is another leader's data engineer, and and um, you know there there isn't a really uh, bright line between these different roles. But uh, today, data engineers tend to be um, software engineers that uh, have a particular focus on areas of um, digital infrastructure mm -hmm. that are responsible for uh, either storing or transporting data from one source to another um, and doing that uh, securely and doing it in a way um, that can perform at, at, at scale, uh, as we say. So when you're moving around you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of rows of data, um, it takes a certain level of expertise and it takes uh, software um, uh, to do that. And that's typically what, uh, uh data engineers, um, yeah. do. we, we, and let, let, it's funny as I'm, as I'm sort of listening to us have this conversation, I, a, I could imagine there's probably some people listening going like, I don't know what these guys are talking about uh, <laughs> because by the way, you know, that was me you know, not that many years ago, meaning like, this is really, this is really both it's interesting, but it's tough because yeah. I remember again, when I started to get into the weeds of this stuff a few years ago, I remember not understanding what you just what you just said, which is like, oh, like what's the difference between a data scientist, a data engineer, an analyst? Like they all kind of sound the same to me. They all are smarter than me about like using data and understanding data. And I think what you just said was it's worth peeling apart, but like, let's, let's do it in a kind of a data, yeah. for dumb, data, data for dummies kind of a way, because basically, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is like most people, if they're going to start from scratch on this, they are going to end up hiring uh, an agency or something like you just said. I, I really do believe that. Now they might get lucky and find somebody that either already works for their company or, they could hire that kind of could wear multiple hats. Meaning when you just said data engineer, like let's talk about that for a second. I remember the first time I heard that term and really understood that term was where I was, uh, we were trying to, we were trying to create algorithms that would help us do some of the things that you and I have talked about on the show. And even this morning. And I remember we were saying, um, this was at J crew. We were like, you know, 
we have all these engineers, but we don't really have any data engineers at the time. We, I'm sure they do now. But I was like, what do you yeah. mean? What do you, what do you mean we don't have any data engineers? We have like, you know, 40 engineers uh, that can do coding and they can do all these things. How can none of them be a data engineer? And then to your point, it was like, no, we had engineers that were good at writing websites and loyalty programs mm -hmm. and doing all things, but none of them were like specializing in uh, writing software or at least coming up with the idea of understanding the the technology behind how to move data from one place to another and clean it up and organize it and, you know, whatever. So like th that was interesting to me that there is such a thing as a data engineer versus I'll call it just a general data analyst. And then of course, data scientists are oftentimes PhDs in math, for example, they don't have to be, but that are like actually like their, their specialty is how do you actually, um, how, how do you actually write, uh, create uh, algorithms or models on how to take huge sets of data and uh, look for patterns in them and predict things out of them? So like that is a whole different thing than a data engineer. They're related, but they're different. And ironically, I found I came to learn that data scientists many times are very good at actually coding because they have to in order to write their models and have their models work on the infrastructure. So you're talking about these highly technical, you know, data scientists, data engineers. And then you just mentioned an analyst could be somebody who isn't maybe isn't technically an engine, a data engineer or a data scientist, but is just really good subject matter expert on being able to sort of understand what's happening with data and, and what the data engineers and data scientists do. And they can, they can analyze your data and help make sense of it without having to actually go through the all the way to the full modeling or data engineering. So we just talked about analysts in data, data analysts, data engineers, data scientists, again, super specialized. I, that's why I feel like if you're, if you don't have a team and you're starting from scratch and you want to like learn how to use your data to do so, any of these areas that like we, we just picked acquisition, like you, you're probably, wouldn't you think Ben, you're probably going to, hire an agency to say, listen, I, they, they'll figure out what do I need? Do I need all those? Do I need one of them. Yeah. Like they have them all on staff already. So like, I'm just going to let them, you know, figure it out. So I don't have to almost like a staffing or a staffing organization, but, but maybe if you had a data analyst, for example, on staff, they, they might be able to get you a long way down the field because, uh, you know, they, they can do a lot without having to be necessarily an engineer or data scientist. I, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, if you were starting from scratch, how would you approach it? Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, it, like, let's let's make this real um, uh, by by way of example. So um, let's say and in, in these examples, you know, you and I talk to a lot of people uh, in the industry that are, are running um, uh, businesses. They're they're responsible for for consumer brands uh, and many of them um, are have been sort of thrust into this. Uh, the world of digital over the last 12 months, when 12 months ago, it was, you know, an interesting, promising, but but quite small part of their business. And suddenly, as we've talked about in previous um, episodes, you know, it's 20%, 30%, 40%, even 50% sometimes of their total business. And yet, they're, they're still at the at the starting line. So so in a case like that, you know, if you're the the CMO of a consumer brand, one of the things that you're trying to do right now is spin up an advertising program uh, through digital channels to efficiently reach 
um, as many of your, your target customers as possible, but you don't know, know necessarily what those customers look like online or where to go to find them. And you also don't know necessarily um, what the, you know, what the level of investment needs to be for you to do that efficiently. And so, as you said a moment ago, you know, one thing that you're probably going to do is find a consulting firm or an agency that can help you answer those basic questions. You know, who should I be targeting online? Where should I be targeting them? And how much do I need to invest to move the needle? Yep. Um, and and what what's going to happen then is st starting from those questions, you know, the first thing that you're going to need to to do or have done is you got to get the data right. And and in a very kind of simplified case, the data that you're going to want um, to start with is probably going to reside in a couple of different places. It's going to reside in your just for lack of, of simplicity or for uh, the sake of simplicity, let's say it's in your point of sale system. So all the transactional data, you know, what customers have purchased, when they purchased, how much they spent, all of that data, it's going to be in, in a commerce system in your point of sale. And then you also need to know um, for each of those transactions, something about the customers that are actually um, uh, generating those transactions. Uh, and one of the nice things about digital is that the, those transactions are, are uniquely identified or attached to some sort of a customer ID um, for customers that are they're order, ordering through transaction, uh, ordering through digital channels. So you've got your transactional data that's in your point of sale system. You've got your um, customer information in, in a customer relationship management system, a CRM. And so you're going to need somebody who can go and get the transactional data out of the point of sale system and go and get the customer data out of the CRM system and then merge those two things together. So now you have a, a complete record of for each customer in your CRM system, where did they buy? What did they buy? How much did they spend? And now you have a set of data that an analyst can take and start to analyze, looking for patterns uh, in that data that start to enable them to understand, you know, what are the meaningful segments of customers based on, you know, purchase behavior or product propensities, those kinds of things. So you start with the data engineering task of getting the data from a few different sources, point of sale, CRM, you merge it together. That's hard. That's not easy. Requires that, that engineering expertise we talked about. And then once you've got the data uh, in, in, in shape, yeah. then your data analyst can start to work with it. And the data analyst is there to sort of pull these insights out of the data, uh, the segments, the, the, the metrics, those sorts of things. And then, and then it's, you know, the job of managers, of, of marketers to then take that data and really start to understand, like, where are the insights here that we can work with based on the analysis that we're getting from, from the, the, right. the analysts. Right. So let, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's, that, that's another topic that I, I want us to explore this year on the series is okay, how do you pull your data together and what are the different platforms you might want to put it into? So, cause you just covered a lot in what you just said. It's interesting. Yeah. For example, and I, and I like how you tied it back to data engineers versus analysts versus data scientists. I think 
I, I think this could be kind of something we could talk about this year thematically, which is as yeah. we talk to guests and is like, maybe what we try and accomplish this year on the show is, you know, sticking to like these common themes, like what are the things you can do with your data? What are the different sort of systems you might want to put your data in? What are the different types of uh, roles that, that you, that are going to be involved again, whether you outsource it to an agency or not there, maybe we can simplify this stuff. For yeah. business reasons. So you just said something interesting. You said, okay, your data is probably in multiple places. You got right. some, so let's talk about where they could be. It could be your raw, your kind of, uh, what's the word we've used? Like that your first, your sort of original source of the data or your raw data resides usually mm -hmm. in at least a point of sale system. Every business has some sort of a transaction system, whether it be yep. a point of sale or a, you know, a transaction engine on a website or whatever, same idea. Then every business probably has a website um, at a minimum, if not a website and a mobile app and some other places where there's, engagement data. It may not be transaction. It may not be associated with a, a customer ID or some other identifiable information, but look, there's browsing, you know, history data and engagement data that they're going to have probably somewhere else on some server that has to do with their website or their mobile app. And, um, and then they've got their, they're doing some advertising, they're doing some social media. And so there's probably data that relates to their um, their various sort of third party sites, like, uh, either advertising platforms or their, their social media sites. And it, those are sitting in different places. If you want to pull that all together, the first thing you do is you put it into, I think what I think, keep me honest here, Ben, you know, this stuff better than I do. The, the, the most, if you're going to try and pull it all together, you would put it in a data warehouse. Sometimes people talk about a data lake, but I think that the common term now is data warehousing. And it's just the idea of, I'm just going to take all this data from these different places and I'm going to consistently put it in one spot. Is that right? Is that data warehousing? Yeah. You'll, you'll also hear the term data lake, like you said. Um, and I think the, the, the operative word there is consistently that this is, um, if you're doing it one time, you're doing it wrong. You really, you really need to be thinking about this as an ongoing, um, continuous process of getting data from the various systems you described and moving or, or really making copies and moving the copies into that central data warehouse. Yep. And then what's interesting about that, that, that is a right there, that exercise of getting your data from different sources into one place, a data lake, a data warehouse doing it correctly, consistently, right there, you're probably in the data engineering realm. You know, at least you're touching on it, right? You're, it's, you're, you know, there are firms yes. that do this. There are data warehouse uh, platforms like Snowflake, for example, and even yep. some of the great customer data platforms, which we'll talk about in a second, have data warehousing capabilities. So like the Amparities of the world and they, but you're, they can help you. Those firms can help you, but it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Like my guess is that there's, in fact, I've noticed a trend this year, meaning 20, when I say this year, I should actually say last year. I noticed in 2020, even though it was a pandemic year, if you will, I, it seemed like every brand that hadn't already done so was in the process of putting a data warehouse strategy and project together. And, and it's hard and it involves data engineering. And since we're in the data business now, Ben, like we see it all the time, we'll talk to brands and they're like, yeah, we have all of our data in a data warehouse, you know, X, Y, Z, but we're still making sure that it's, you know, formatted correctly and whatever. So there's a, there's a, 
data engineering exercise that goes into that. And there's usually a software platform in the form of a data warehouse that you need to implement. And so those are sort of the moving parts there. And the, and, um, uh, and then there's these things called customer data platform CDPs and these CDPs are, um, they can, they, I, I've found they typically will, or many of them will have a data warehousing function, but they go further than that. A CDP is like a data warehouse plus a bunch of additional really cool capabilities because once you put all your data in one place, you can do something with it, which is really important called identity resolution or identity stitching, whatever you want to call it. And it's this idea of saying, wow, I got all this data that I put in one place. I wonder if like this browser over here and this engager over here and this customer over here are actually the same person. And so let's use software and algorithms and other things to sort of identify and almost dedupe or identity resolve my customers so that I therefore can have even a better, fuller picture of my customers across all these channels. So I can do things like go to Facebook or Google and give them even better information about really what my customers are doing and really what my customers are worth. So that's, I mean, I'm, I'm going on and on, but you get it. Like that's, I think it's just kind of interesting to think about like these different roles as well as these different systems and these different things you can do with your data. And maybe we just kind of keep coming back. We, maybe we should invite people on our show that like do these different things, either brands or different specialists in these areas. I think, uh, I think that's a great idea, Adam. And I, I, I think we have some surprises for our listeners coming up here with uh, guests that are going to be on the podcast who can really uh, speak to this um, from a world-class you know, expert uh, point of view. Um, I, I just want to come back to what you were saying a second ago. Um, and just sort of pull that thread all the way through um, the the journey that we have taken listeners through over the last few minutes in terms of starting with that you know the the basic challenge of trying to create an advertising program online to uh, go get more customers to to grow your business um, starting with the raw data moving it all the way uh, through the system. Uh, dropping it into, into a data warehouse, doing the identity resolution that you described. So you can now have a very complete picture of each customer. Um, at that point, you are you pretty much have the information that you need to uh, run effective or get to the place where your digital advertising is, is really um, working efficiently and working effectively and operating at, uh, at scale. Um, so these things we're talking about in terms of, you know, what it takes to, to get your data organized and, and get your data in a place where you can use it, um, are the stepping stones to, uh, to, to launching, a, a, an advertising program or to, um, uh, achieving sort of a step function in the effectiveness, um, of your advertising, uh, online. Yeah. And yeah, and that's a good way to put it like that. It's a stepping stone to doing um, not, you know, we're, we're focused on this example today on this acquisition idea, but, yep. but, you know, it's a stepping stone for every one of those examples you, you mentioned last week and we talked about. So whether it be advertising, using data to advertise, to acquire new customers, whether it be using data to do personalized messaging to your own customers through a personalization CRM program like mm-hmm. Bright like Brightloom enables or just getting great insights out of your data or uh, et cetera. All these different things that we've talked about, uh, these these five main areas, 
you're at some point going to need to uh, do the stepping stone stuff we just talked about. You're, there's just no such thing as I can just use my data. Like I, you can't go from step zero to step three ever. And that's that was one of the things that you know took me a while to learn, which is why did you have to learn about data engineers versus data scientists versus data analysts? Why, like, what's the difference between a data lake, a data warehouse, a CDP? Right. Like, these are important because they're, you know, you're not going to be able to do any of these things unless you at least take the stepping stones. But here's the key. You don't have to do it all. Like, you don't, like, that's what's been so really fun about getting into the data business like we have, yeah. um, is that you you realize, like, you don't have to go all the way to bright. And if the more you go to bright, the better it is. And so there's a, there's a, you know, a return for doing that. And we're going to talk about that later on in other episodes. But, you know, if you just, if you just are willing to take that first step of saying, look, I'm going to understand this enough. Maybe I'll hire an agency that basically can get me to kind of step one. Like maybe it's just a matter of like, I just want my data available so I can just have an analyst do one of these things we're talking about all the way to, I want all my data fully organized and identity resolved so I can do all those things. Like, I think there's a spectrum here and I think everyone has to keep in mind that it can be daunting, but if you sort of break it down into these pieces that we're trying to break it down into, uh, you can pick and choose sort of your own adventure here. Yeah, that's, that's hundred percent right. And, um, I, that's why I like, I think, um, what we've been talking about as, as kind of the centerpiece for, um, how consumer brands can uh, orient uh, the the solutions that are required to um, deliver on those five different areas of opportunity, whether it's you know improving operations or business planning, as you said, it really does start with you know putting the pieces in place to get your data organized and to to generate that sort of holistic understanding of. Uh, as many of your customers as possible, because once you are there, the the steps to, required to um, put a plan together for um, uh, you know business planning, forecasting, or personalized marketing uh, are few. Um, you're you're really close to being ready to uh, to launch. Um, so those investments are are worth it. Whether you choose to um, start with a an outside firm or you start uh, adding to, to your existing team with the right sort of people with the right skills. Um, yeah. That's what you want to focus on first. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just thinking this for the first time now, but I actually think that'd be a really fun goal for us this year on this podcast is to basically talk to ourselves and talk to these guests that are either using data or they're in the business of helping brands use data to basically demystify and break this stuff down and get, get, you know, cause that's been my biggest thing that my personal journey in this myself has just been either whether it was at Starbucks or at J crew, um, or some of the boards I've been on, like, just kind of like realizing, wow, you know, every time this topic comes up, it's so daunting. At least it was to me. So I'm just being vulnerable with you here. Yeah. But like, like it was daunting. And then when you go to ask people, for their opinion or their advice, you'd ask experts and they would start to tell you that you had to go all the way to bright. You had to boil the ocean of like organizing all of your data. And then here's all the ways you can use it. And you may as well just do it all right the first time because 
these stepping stones are going to be important. And so you got to get your foundation right. And all of a sudden your head is spinning and it's a multi-million dollar, multi-year project. And you're like, what the heck, you know, like that. Yeah. And, and the truth is you can do all that, but you don't have to. And so I'm, I'm excited because, you know, I'm excited to kind of go through and like, frankly, even like hear some other uh, marketers uh, journeys here, see if yep. we can get them to tell us, you know, the truth about where, you know, how, how they've, they've, they've gone about this. Cause I remember one time, I, I think it was earlier this year, I was watching another podcast or listening to another podcast and I was listening to the, uh, I, I think he was the, um, I think he was the, the head of marketing or head of CRM for William Sonoma. And he, he was, he made that exact same point. I, I thought it was so brilliant where he was just like, look, uh, you know, you don't need to go and do all these things to have a personalized email program, for example. That's right. Like, like you can just do X, Y, and Z. So I, I think there's just a lot of myths and a lot of like, you know, angst out there that, um, it'd be fun to, it'd be fun to go through and like, you know, get some real world examples about this. Cause you know, we were talking yesterday, in fact, Ben, uh, we were talking to, um, a CEO of a major restaurant chain this week. And he was, saying when it came to this acquisition marketing that we're talking about right now, he said, geez, you know, how do you, and he's a restaurant chain. So he's like, how do I know that my digital advertising is working? Because right. if you're, if you're an e-commerce company, it's much easier to at least connect the, you know, I'll call it like full loop attribution or whatever you want to call it. Like of like, I, you know, somebody clicked on something and then they bought either on that session or a future session. It's a lot different when it's like somebody clicked on something and then how do I know they eventually right. bought something in my restaurant with their credit card, which is like, so it's just interesting how like, this is just a topic that all, all these CEOs and CMOs I think are wrestling with. And, uh, you know, it starts with, you know, but it, when you, when you start to analyze it, it's all going to come down to these building blocks we're talking about. Yeah. And that's right, Adam. And I think maybe th that the, the message that you just uh, delivered, I think is probably a good uh, place to to end on, which is, uh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. You know, 80%, uh, is, is, is great, uh, in many, in many cases. And so start simple and, uh, and go from there is, is great advice, I think. Yeah. And we have a pretty exciting guest on coming up next week, right, Ben? Yeah, that's right, Adam. Uh, Amy Johnson, who is the CMO at Zillow is going to join us. Amy is uh, fantastic. She's a friend and former colleague uh, from Starbucks. So uh, she'll have a lot to uh, teach us next episode. Can't wait. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on what Adam and Ben are building with their teams, visit brightloom.com and follow them on Twitter at Adam Brotman and at B Straley.